0: A pregnant woman is attacked by a vampire and left for dead. While on the operating table, she gives birth to her son, Eric Brooks, who is half human and half vampire. Eric grows up a monster, but when he meets vampire hunter Abraham Whistler, Eric transforms himself into Blade, the vampire killing machine who possesses all of their strengths and none of their weaknesses. They call him the Daywalker, and he is the scourge of the vampire underworld. Today, we dive into the film that is single-handedly responsible for the Marvel Comics' success in the film world, the 1998 cult classic Blade. I'm Connor Izagari.
1: And I'm Austin Johnson.
0: And this is Filmgasm. (laughs) Happy Wednesday, fellow daywalkers, and if there's any vampires listening, may I extend a warm and gracious, fuck you. This is our 49th horror movie, Filmgasm Feels Like Just Yesterday, that I stayed at the Overlook all by myself back in episode one, and now Austin and I are cruising the underbelly of New York City hunting vampires. How far we've come. Hope you learned something with last week's Zodiac episode, and we hope we encouraged you to check out a modern classic with Brokeback Mountain. And if you missed it, we also released a special bonus on Sunday where we dive into our top 10 favorite films of the 90s. Check it out if you haven't already. That was a
1: lot of fun. Loads of fun, and Blade almost made the cut.
0: It did. It was close. It was, it, it's, it's in that top, you know,
1: 20 or 30, somewhere in there, you know. It's a good movie.
0: Oh, definitely. Great movie. Very excited for this. Well, next week is Weird Shit Wednesday, and for our 50th weekly episode, we'll be diving into the incredible career of the late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman. More on this at the end of the show.
1: You pig fuck!
0: <laughs> You're going to need some context. Check out next week. I can't wait. I got like two more movies to watch and I'm, I'm very excited for what I have.
1: I'm just going to keep rewatching them. They're all so good.
0: They are so good because of him. He, he really is amazing. <laughs> One quick update on the rewind. It's an update on episode 25, the Coen brothers, the teaser trailer for the upcoming big Lebowski spin-off, The Jesus rolls was released this week. It stars John Turturro, reprising his role of Jesus Quintana, the pederast bowler. Joining him is an all-star cast, including Bobby Cannavale, Audrey Tattoo, Christopher Walken, John Hamm, Pete Davidson, and Susan Sarandon. Turturro is also writing and directing the film. It's set for release in the U.S. on February 28th, and you can sure as shit expect a bonus on this, even if it sucks. Which it very well could. Yeah. This The trailer's pretty weak. It's a teaser. <laughs> yeah. This movie's been kind of on and off happening for like three years now. And I don't know why this is happening. Neither do I, but the only other Coen brothers property to get a spinoff of any kind is the FX Fargo show. And that is fantastic. I feel like the Coens wouldn't give the green light unless they believed in it. So, you know, here's hoping. Yeah. Here's hoping a movie about a pederast who exposed himself to an eight year old does the character justice. (laughs) I wonder if they're gonna deal with any of that aspect of the character. Uh, I (laughs) don't
1: know. We'll see.
0: We will see, indeed. So, uh, you're a fan of Blade, correct? Oh yeah,
1: Wesley Snipes. Really, you know? I mean, (laughs) come on, the guy, his ninety stint is uncanny. It's it's pretty legendary. It's like no other, you know. Yeah, uh, you know, New Jack City and. This of course, in white can't man can't jump. Passenger yeah, 57. it's it's absurd. It's, it's, the man was, was working nonstop. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's 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 like an icon of that that decade. So yeah, yeah. Uh, and Blade's right up there. It's probably the most recognizable, I would say,
0: of, for him. Yeah, I think most you know. people associate him with Blade. Yeah,
1: for me, there's there's others that I like better, but I love Blade. Like I yeah he he's yeah he's he's the man. He is the man. I I loved him in when he he came back up, you know, in Dolomite. With uh, Eddie Murphy. That was great. So it's fun to see
0: him again. <laughs> For sure. I too am a big fan of Blade. It's one of the first horror films I ever saw.
1: Yeah, we had to do it. It's a horror superhero movie.
0: <laughs> yeah. Very few of those. Very yeah. few good ones. Yeah. And not only that, but this is the movie that proved to everybody that Marvel Comics had a, you know, had a dog in the race. Yeah. That they could do it. I mean, this was fresh off the huge failure of Batman and Robin. Comic book movies were poison.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and to just kinda like put into context, I don't think people quite realize, like for, for myself anyway, maybe this will help some people out. Like Blade came out just four years prior to Spider-Man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird it's
1: a weird thing to think it about. It does feel
0: so far away. And because, then and then
1: yeah. bear with me. Spider-Man came out five years prior to Iron Man. It's like, oh man, you know, this is there's not a whole lot in between there, you know? You yeah. you really see these are the things that started Started to get it moving. Mm-hmm. Well, Blade, Blade's a big part of that.
0: Blade was a serious, vamp, uh, serious comic book movie done yes. by Marvel Studios, and I like to think that because of this film's success, Brian Singer was able to get X Men off the ground, and then for, because of X Men's success, Sam Raimi was able to do Spider Man. Yes, and it just you know the kept just keep going. Falling. It just kept going. Yeah. So yeah, you can thank Blade for all of this. Some sort of
1: snowball effect. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. I remember great. back in 2018 when. Uh, when Black Panther came out, everyone was saying, you know, oh, it's the first mainstream black superhero movie. And I'm like, Uh, did you all forget? 1998, Blade. Y- yeah, don't. Big, big deal. Don't- please don't. Uh,
1: Wesley Snipes?
0: Yeah. Oh, fuck him then? <laughs> like, oh, I,
1: I love, love Chadwick Bozeman. I yeah. think he has some awesome performances that don't get talked about.
0: I agree. But, but Wesley Snipes? <laughs> 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 For me, it's just, I think... You know, don't forget the legacy here. This this was a very important movie yeah, for, yes. for the genre, and
1: that's 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 a big reason why we had have to do this movie. Had to at some point do Blade just kind of set the record straight. Oh yeah, bit. hey now,
0: that's a big part of what we do here. This on is a
1: big part of history. Just because yeah. just because it's a little over twenty years old now doesn't mean doesn't mean shit. I mean, like you said, serious. This movie's dark. It's got...
0: Incredibly There's some grisly some, shit in this movie. I
1: mean, it opens up, it sets the tone right away with a, you know... It's
0: one of the scariest vampire movies it, I've seen. Yeah. They yeah. do a great job establishing the mood and the tone of vampire New the, York. The
1: music, the... Do, 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 so uh, 90s. Club music playing and then blood spewing out. I think yeah. this
0: movie has maybe my favorite opening scene of a horror movie ever. This One the, of, yeah. The club... One of, yeah. Gradually realizing what's going on here and then the the blood rain and the kid just freaking out. Yeah. Brilliant establishment sh- like for vampires. Fantastic. Perfect. <laughs> so Blade is a Marvel Comics creation who first appeared in issue number 10 of The Tomb of Dracula in July 1973. He was written by Marv Wolfman and drawn by Gene Colin. They based the character's features on NFL star Jim Brown who also played ex-boxer Byron Williams in Mars Attacks among others. Fucking love Jim Brown. Hell yeah. At first, Eric Brooks was an Englishman who was born in a whorehouse in Soho in 1929. His mother was a prostitute who was bitten by her attending doctor who was actually Vampire Deacon Frost in disguise. The bite transformed Eric into a vampire-human hybrid who grew up on the streets of London and fought Count Dracula. Blade has joined forces with the Avengers, Spider-Man, the Fantastic Four, and even Dracula himself at times. He's a mainstream... Marvel hero is a fucking Avenger. (laughs) Yeah. Weird to think that, you know, considering how alienated this movie is from the rest of Marvel's films. Yeah, yeah. In the film lore, Blade is from Detroit. The origin is the same with Frost biting his mother before she gives birth to him. He has all the strength, stamina, and bloodthirst of a vampire, but he is immune to silver, garlic, and even sunlight. He uses a homemade serum to suppress his thirst as he doesn't want to drink blood to survive because he doesn't want to be lumped in with the monsters. He doesn't want to do that. He hunts vampires across the world with his partner and mentor, Abraham Whistler, the man who found him on the streets. Blade was released in 1998, and it was Marvel's first attempt at a big-screen blockbuster. At the time, comic book movies were considered laughable, and making one was akin to career suicide, as the recently released films Steel and Batman and Robin had shown. (laughs) Yeah, 97 was a pretty fucking terrible year for comic book movies. Marvel started developing the film in 1992 with rapper LL Cool J. (laughs) When New Line Cinema signed on to produce, screenwriter David S. Goyer was brought on to pen the script. Goyer would go on to write the next two Blade movies, as well as Batman Begins, Jumper, Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, Man of Steel, Batman v. Superman Dawn of Justice, and Terminator Dark Fate. He has also developed the TV shows Blade the Series, Flash Forward, Constantine, and Da Vinci's Demons. So he's got kind of a mixed resume. Yeah. I mean, he wrote Batman Begins, but he also wrote Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Jumper. So some really horrible R- Remind
1: movies. me, what's Jumper?
0: Oh, my God. Jumper, 2008. That was Hayden Christensen's follow-up to Star Wars. Oh, yeah, 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 the kid, yeah, yeah. The guy yeah. who can teleport anywhere he wants. Oh, my
1: God. Yeah. For, okay, for a reason I thought, I was thinking of the movie Looper. Oh, yeah. I kind of like Looper. That's, sub-
0: that's way Bruce better. Bruce
1: Willis and JGL, yeah.
0: Looper's really good. Okay. <laughs> Jumper's fucking
1: Jum- awesome. Jumper, I've seen that too. Yeah, wow.
0: Yeah. Whoa. Prove to everyone that Star Wars was not a Fuck. fluke. Hayden Christensen is a bad actor.
1: Two 2000- thousand, Batman Begins in 2005. Yeah. I mean, just three years later, he writes just a trash movie.
0: Yeah, and then Weird. four years after that, he writes Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, which is even fucking worse. And somehow, after that dumpster fire, he's given the, the script to the new Superman movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How about this
1: guy? He's he's
0: starting to make shittier stuff. Yeah, let's give it to him. My God. Newline wanted to make Blade a vampire parody movie, but Goyer talked them out of it. Thank God. Newline felt only three actors could be Blade: Denzel Washington, no; Lawrence Fishburne, no; or Wesley Snipes. Yeah. <laughs> I can see 90s Denzel as Blade. I can see that. But I don't see Larry Fish in this life.
1: Okay. I can for the one-liners and the action sequences. But I can't see Denzel in like like later scene. like Like when Wesley Snipes has like his shirt off and he's got the tattoos all over. And he's, you know. Yeah.
0: Oh! Good point.
1: I just don't see Denzel like <laughs> it, it. wouldn't make it wouldn't make sense.
0: Wesley's the perfect uh, the perfect blend of serious actor and campy actor to pull that off.
1: Yeah, yeah. Whereas Denzel, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Maybe the movie would have taken some different turns if he it was
0: probably would have been a lot more serious if he was Blade. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think he would have been good because I think Denzel's a great actor. But Lawrence Fishburne, no, I don't see it. Well, and this is a year before before the Matrix, Morpheus. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, no, yeah, no, Mm-mm. no. Morpheus <laughs> was his calling. Yeah, for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, I, I like when things pan out the way they should have. You know, that's good.
0: Wesley Snipes signed on to play Blade after failing to get a Black Panther movie off the ground. That's the role he really wanted to play, but he signed on for Blade because he wanted to play Black superhero. Stephen Norrington was brought on to direct... His only other big budget project would be 2003's The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen.
1: What the fuck? And the
0: beef between Norrington and Sean Connery would be so massive and uncomfortable that it would cause Sean Connery to leave acting for good in 2003, a claim he's never gone back on. More on that in the future. So basically, Norrington is known for being a massive control freak dick. Yes. And he pissed off Sean Connery so bad. Sean Connery said, fuck Hollywood, and left. Now he's in the Bahamas just gardening every day.
1: Fantastic. Good for him.
0: I know, but he, what did we lose because of that?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I, Ugh. you know, damn it. He was, yeah, he, he gave us so much good, great work. He uh, did. Sean Connery. And there. I don't
0: think he wasn't ready. He got forced out. Cause he's like, I fucking hate this industry. Cause this Bad. dickhead.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. I'm not mad at him.
0: Just I'm not I, either. I can't be, I get it. Yeah. Wesley Snipes stars as Blade, the vampire-killing hero of our story. Snipes has also appeared in films like New Jack City, Demolition Man, White Men Can't Jump, and most recently, Dolomite Is My Name. He would portray Blade in all three films of the franchise. In 2008, Wesley Snipes was sentenced to three years in prison for tax evasion. He served his sentence from 2010 to 2013, and upon release, he's slowly been building a career back. I think he's a little bit more humbled. Yeah. I'd
1: say so, for sure.
0: He had a role in the uh, Expendables 3, which was fucking god-awful. But there's that scene where they're breaking him out of prison, and he says, like, what were you in for? And he's like, tax evasion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's true. I fell asleep during that movie. I was at the movie theater. Wow. I hadn't slept that well the previous night. The, the Expendables 3 was so boring, I fell asleep. I woke up at the end of the movie. That has ne- that's never happened to me before that's bad <laughs> that's really bad it's rough it's never happened since it's because it was PG-13 you have two hard R action movies and you follow that with a PG-13 you get Mel Gibson as the bad guy you've got Harrison Ford and you're gonna fucking water that down stupid God. ugh goddamn. damn it. Yeah, I'm still bitter The Expendables 3 Stephen Dorff plays Deacon Frost the vampire crime boss who is also Blade's arch nemesis Dorf is a bit part character actor known primarily for Blade, but he's also appeared in films like Public Enemies, The Ice Man, Immortals, and he had a recurring role on season 3 of True Detective. And Dorf's never had a substantial leading man career.
1: No, he's uh, honestly he's a name that I I uh, I forget yeah. uh, at, at times. Uh...
0: I, and it, I was reading into his trivia, he really didn't want to do this. He was very against blockbuster films, big screen. Things. Yeah, yeah. His, um, it was Norrington who convinced him to take the role. Yeah. And he's great. Oh, I He's yeah. really good. I, I, Frost. I love,
1: love Frost. Yeah.
0: But the guy never really got to be, I don't think he's famous. He never really got to be famous. No, no, he's not. I think he's really tried to distance himself from that. He hasn't tried. He's that's That's sad. Oscar nominee and country music star Chris Christopherson plays Abraham Whistler Blade's mentor hey Christopherson was nominated for best original score for the 1984 film Songwriter he's had a substantial acting career appearing in such films as Payback Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore Lone Star and the 1976 remake of A Star is Born with Barbra Streisand yes Chris Christopherson should be out of place in this movie but he fucking kills it oh he's great he is awesome as Whistler Whistler is I want him to come back in the new Blade. Me as too. He's the I only one I see Wouldn't be surprised role. if that happened. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Chris Christofferson's the man. You
1: know what would be cool, actually? What? Oh, well, this couldn't work. I was going to say, what if Bradley Cooper could play him? But he's already, <laughs> yeah, he's already, what's his name? Rocket. Yeah.
0: Damn it. Plus, you need like an older... Yeah, I just, an older l- I just like
1: it because you could have the look like Stars Born, you know, that whole, yeah, that would be fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, that'd be cute. But I think the audience for Marvel is not the same audience for A Star is Born. We're rare. rare yeah, rare. that yeah. would be
1: a nugget that people wouldn't care about. No,
0: We'd be laughing,
1: but we'd no be one, like, yeah, I don't think that's anyone else great. would care. Yeah, there's great. <laughs> there's Jackson... Uh, what's
0: his name? Jackson? Jackson Maine. Yeah, there's Jackson Maine. Uh, Nabouche Wright plays Dr. Karen Jensen, a hematologist who gets caught in the middle of Blade's War. Wright has also appeared in such films as Dead Presidents, mm-hmm. Zebrahead and a number of TV appearances. She's another actress who never really left the 90s. Yeah. But she's uh, she's really good in this. Oh, yeah. Of the three leading women of the Blade franchise, she's my favorite.
1: Oh, yeah, I agreed. Yeah. Agreed.
0: Donald Logue plays Quinn, Frost's right-hand man who keeps dodging death. Logue is an awesome character actor who pops up all the time. He was in Zodiac, The Patriot... Ghost Rider, Jerry Maguire, and he had recurring roles on Sons of Anarchy, Vikings, Law and Order SVU, and a lead role on Gotham, where he played Jim Gordon's partner, Harvey Bullock. Donald Logue is is, is awesome. He's badass. I'll Everywhere. Love whenever he pops up. Everywhere. Yeah. He's fucking great as Quinn. He, my favorite role he ever did. Just He wasn't even supposed to be that big in the movie, no. but he just kept being, like, Everyone loved him, so they kept giving him more stuff more, to do. Li- more
1: lines, yeah. And he became
0: the, the funniest part of the movie. This, the fan favorite. This guy who keeps almost getting killed by Blade. <laughs> Cuts his hand off, what, like twice? Yeah. So great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love when he just, like, he's going at him, and then Blade just, like, without a second thought, kills him to take his sunglasses back. So satisfying. <laughs> Finally, Mm -hmm. German character actor Udo Kier plays Dragonetti, the head of the Pure Blood Vampire Council. Kier has over 260 credits to his name, with seven films currently in post-production. Some of his more well-known films include Suspiria, Ace Ventura Pet Detective, Johnny Mnemonic, Armageddon, End of Days, and the 2007 Halloween remake. The man is prolific and always working, and he's great. As Dragonetti, the head of this underground pure blood vampire council, who it's heavily implied control like the world. Like, yeah. These, these are the major players of the vampire. This
1: underworld. is the 1%. Yeah. This
0: is the true power on Earth. There's so many implications in this franchise that really freak me out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's great. It blows uh, my mind how more people don't talk about it. It's oh, yeah.
0: really like, it's one of the smartest vampire movies ever made. Mm hmm. Blade has an IMDb score of 7.1, a really disappointingly low Rotten Tomato score of 54%. It was a big success, grossing $131 million on a budget of $45 million. It spawned two sequels, an attempted TV show, and a remake that's currently slated for development. More on all that later. And let's get into the plot of Blade. Let's do it. So we begin in 1967 with a pregnant woman being rushed into the ER from an animal bite... Ooh, I wonder what happened. Paramedics say, you know, she was attacked, she was bitten, and suddenly she goes into labor. Jesus, to be a doctor in that ER that night. She's dying from an animal attack, and now she's having a baby. Uh, guys,
1: you know what? My shift's over. Yeah, I <laughs> take over.
0: Not my department. <laughs> Fuck. So, the doctors perform a C-section. The baby, it's a boy, is born alive just as she dies. Cut to the credits. Blade. Dun-dun-dun. So we meet a young man who's riding in a car with a hot redhead who's played by ex-porn star Tracy Lords. They're heading to a to somewhere. He doesn't know where. She says it's a surprise. And they go to a slaughterhouse that's yes. home to a secret underground nightclub. I love that. It's in a slaughterhouse.
1: It's, it's fantastic. A little on the
0: nose, but I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And we're in LA, by the way, apparently. I've heard LA, I've heard New York, I've heard Detroit. I don't fucking know where this movie takes place. Overblade? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody yeah. says something different. Mm-hmm. So personally, I think it's New York. But IMDb says LA, Wikipedia says Detroit. So who, who knows? Uh, well,
1: I say El Paso. So. All right,
0: sure. Why <laughs> not? <Monaheim. laughs> Seattle. Uh, yeah. Uh.
1: <laughs> New Jack City.
0: Yeah, all right. Blade is just Nino Brown as a vampire. (laughs) There you go. There you go. So, uh, this guy, I'm just going to call him white guy. He goes into the nightclub, starts dancing like, well, like a white guy. And I love the house music. A white guy
1: in the late nineties. Yeah.
0: 1998 white guy. Like, what was that? The name of that band? (coughs) Uh, Sugar Ray, (laughs) he's Sugar Ray. Basically, he just wants to fly.
1: (laughs) Every morning there's.
0: (laughs) So they're going through this nightclub, and everyone's you know freaking out, having a party. You see Quinn sitting on the bench, getting blown. Yeah, Yeah. and great scene. I love the guy briefly passes by Frost, and you just you see like the camera pans on him a little bit. Almost telling you, like, hey, this guy's important. Remember him. Oh, yeah. Classic. Yeah. yeah. So the guy feels something weird on his head, and he looks down on his hand, and there's blood dripping from the ceiling. And he starts trying to put these together. Like, why is there blood? And you see in the background, everybody start raising their hands to the sky. And you're like, what the fuck is about to happen? It's and game time. pans over to the DJ, and he's standing in front of a big sign that says blood bath. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> blood starts shooting from the sprinklers. <laughs> this crowd gets showered in blood and the guy starts freaking the fuck out. Yeah. Reasonably. As,
1: as you would. Uh, and honestly, I hadn't seen this in a, a little bit. You know, I'm, I didn't forget any of it. We've seen it too many times. Yeah. But when I was watching this the other night, uh, for this podcast, I got, I just got kind of freaked out cause the lights were off. I was just like, you know, just me watching the movie and I was like, man. What an intense atmosphere right now. (laughs) I love it. I think it's so cool. Yeah,
0: it's it's, I said it before. It's my favorite opener in a horror movie ever.
1: I would have to really think about that. But yeah, it's the tone
0: so perfectly is that that moment he realizes and you realize he is the only human in the room. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Everyone in this club is a vampire and he's the prey and he's turns to the girl he came with and she bears his fangs at him. He freaks out. He starts running. They kick him to the ground. Yeah. And he starts, you know, crawling his way out of there and he lands at the feet of Blade. <laughs> Music dies down, and the blood stops flowing, and Blade is the only one not completely covered in blood, and I love that. Oh yeah. I don't know how, but I love it. Like, is, how did he not get blood on him at all? And how long was he just standing there?
1: I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> how long do you let this go on for? Yeah. I don't know.
0: Crazy. I love it. <laughs> Perfect. I love the arrogance. He's there. He's like, I'm going to kill every last motherfucker in here. Like He has no backup. Yeah. He has uh, himself, a shotgun, and a, and a sword. Yeah. And he's going to fuck this place up. <laughs> no weaknesses. <laughs> oh, so great. <laughs> so you see, suddenly, you know, the vampires realize Blade's there, and they start backing up. He's the boogeyman of the vampire world. Oh, they clearly know him, yeah. yeah. They say, oh my god, it's the Daywalker. And then some <laughs> asshole rushes him, and he blasts him with his silver shotgun, and he starts killing vampires left and right. And I love the ash effect; is still kind of holds up. It's actually pretty good.
1: It's it does, I, it, yeah. It doesn't look ridiculous.
0: It doesn't, I and like it doesn't the,
1: sound ridiculous
0: either. It doesn't. I like the ash effect better in Blade Two, personally. Me too. Where me they too. Like burst into flame a little bit, mm-hmm. but for what they had to work with for nineteen ninety eight effects, not bad. Yeah, I agree. B plus. I agree. It's awesome. And uh, I love that guy. He impales on the fucking sprinkler oh, through yes. the head. <laughs> so good. So many great kills in this movie. So they the vampires start fleeing. Blade's just fucking up whoever he can get a hold of, and he ends up in a room with Quinn. And Quinn's like, "Fuck him up!" When he's telling to his gang, "I love that. We're gonna jack you up." God. <laughs> Nobody ever realizes who they're. You know, there's just a line in Blade Two, where Blade has a a case of light grenades and he's about to take out all these reapers and he just goes, you obviously do not know who you are fucking with. And then he lights the bomb. That is every second of this movie where he's with Quinn. That's all of Blade. (laughs) That's all you need to know about this guy. Yeah. You don't know who you're fucking with. Yeah. Ah, beautiful.
1: Oh yeah, I just take one look at his fucking combat boots, and I'm like, oh, I'm good.
0: I look at the fucking sword.
1: I don't. I don't need yeah.
0: sunglasses indoors. Like, yeah, this man means business.
1: See, I don't even need to get there. I'm just looking at the ground, going up, and just see the boots. I'm out. That, guy's, <laughs> that guy could kick my ass. Yeah. Because <laughs> hey, there's a cape too. So this long, <laughs> and it's all black. You know, yeah. it's all this, this is tools. a man with purpose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, <laughs> So badass.
0: So he kills all of Quinn's guards and then impales Quinn to the wall with a stake. I love Got you. That. And I then gets him another, the other shoulder just for kicks. And Quinn starts screaming at him in this like vampire language. And Blade tells him like, "I'm getting really tired of chopping you up, so I'm gonna light your ass on fire." And he like takes out this like, I don't know what it was, some kind of like auto fire thing. Yeah. And just hurls it at Quinn and he bursts into flames immediately. Bang! I love that. He grabs the the kid white white guy from earlier. Yes. Checks his neck for bites and doesn't see any, so he leaves him. I love that. You know, he's saving people. Blade fucks off. The cops show up really fast, and I love the nonchalant cops. Just like put him out. Like <laughs> sees Quinn still alive, burning, stapled to the wall, and the guys just like, yeah, let's put that out. <laughs> like this happens every single day.
1: Guys, night. guys, clean that up. <laughs>
0: That makes me laugh every single time. There's zero concern in anybody's voice.
1: Clean that up, guys. Come on. What are we doing?
0: Uh, So Quinn gets sent. They send his corpse to the hospital. He is a charred cadaver. Yeah. And the morgue guy, Curtis, who's short-lived but kind of a dick, you can tell, (laughs) looks at his blood and is like, there's something weird about this guy. This this is not their normal body. And his ex-girlfriend, Karen Jensen, is like, look, Stop fucking with me. We're done. I don't like. We're not doing any, you know, games here. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about, but there's a really fucked up corpse back there, and I would like your opinion on it. They lull you into a false sense of security with this relationship talk. It's really smart. Yes, because you're concerned about you know they're like, oh she's our secondary character so let's learn about her oh she was in a relationship with this doctor. Oh, it didn't work out? And then, blah, Quinn jumps up. Yes, and yes. <laughs> and rips the doctor's throat out. Genius. <laughs> ah, I love this movie. It's it's scary. It's really scary. Like, the makeup effects on Quinn, brilliant. It's just a burnt corpse. Yeah. And he fucks up Curtis. Like, brutal. Not even, like, tasting him. Like, he's not even drinking Curtis. He's just <sighs> ripping him apart. And,
1: too bad. Didn't get to know Curtis too well. Uh, um,
0: but he's coming back later in the weirdest way. <laughs> <laughs> the one issue I have with this movie is Zombie Curtis, and we're going to get to that later. Look at me, I'm a zombie. Like a zombie with a British accent, which... I don't know what the fuck. But Quinn jumps at Karen, bites her on the neck, Blade shows up out of fucking nowhere, and you get that awesome shot of him just punching the camera. Yes.
1: <laughs> Very 90s.
0: Cuts off Quinn's arm. Quinn jumps out the window, takes off, lands in a ambulance, <laughs> freaks the fuck out of one of the of a woman in the back (laughs) and uh blade's about to leave and he sees karen on the ground dying from a vampire bite and he has a flash of his mother which is weird because he was literally like one second old when that happened yeah he shouldn't remember that (laughs) probably not but i get it she reminds him of his mom so he picks her up and is gonna take her back to his hideout and try to help her Mm -hmm. and the cops show up and <laughs> they, they take a shot at Blade and they hit his armor plating and he's like, motherfucker, you out of your damn mind. My God. <laughs> 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 it's such an out of the blue uh. reaction from Blade. <laughs> pure that was pure Nino <laughs> Brown right there. Yeah. Fucking it like
1: new jack, yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. The cops are really intent on taking Blade out. Oh yeah. Because it's I think, you know, the I think Whistler says like The vampires own the cops. So they're they're told to keep a lookout for this guy. This one guy. That's why they keep popping up really quickly and I don't know. So Blade gets away with with Karen, gets her to his hideout where we meet Whistler. Yes. And I love your intro to Whistler is he's sanding something down and listening to Credence.
1: Perfect. That's all I need. (laughs) I love Whistler. That's all I need. Oh, he's the man. I could also see Bradley Cooper listening to Credence. (laughs) That could work. I'm trying to sell you You're on You're really
0: it. trying to sell me on a Star is Born Connections here. Yeah. I
1: <laughs> Just straight, just straight, Brad right B. Coop to Chris.
0: Yeah. I would give, I'll give you Sam Elliott.
1: Okay.
0: He's, All right. I could see him as a whistler.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm good with that. Plus, yeah. I mean, B. Coop is already, um. B. Rocket. Yeah. So. Yeah, there we go. Sam Elliott. All
0: yeah, right. Yeah. Or fuck, just let Wesley Snipes do it. Let him be Whistler. That would be awesome, actually. That would be very cool. I would totally be on board for that. <laughs> Pass that torch. Mm-hmm. Or Wesley Snatch should play, like, Dracula or something. I want him involved. I want a cameo, something.
1: I mean, I think we will, in some fashion, but yeah, man, God, I can't wait. Mahershala Ali is such a, you know, awesome performer. It's gonna be cool. It, it's so cool to see guys, a guy like that, want to, you know, kind of re, rekindle that fire, you know. Well,
0: that's my favorite part about, the story of the new blade is that Mahershala went to them and said, yes, I want to play blade. Let's make this happen. Guys, this would be cool, right? Like, that's fucking cool. Which yeah. means Marshall is going to take this seriously and he's going to rock this shit. Yeah. I can't wait. And we're going to get to see blade as an Avenger. Finally. Which yes. is Really going to be cool.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Sweet. So blade shows up with Dr. Jensen and Whistler's like, why did you bring her home? She's, you know, she's about to turn like we're going to have to kill her. And Blade's like, not yet. We need to try. He's a man of few words. Yeah. Which yeah. is good. And Whistler injects her with essence of garlic. And you know that shit hurt. <laughs> of course. I mean, you can see her neck smoking. I love, you know, Blade's holding her down with one hand. <laughs> He's a She's strong vampire. Blade, yeah. <laughs> and Whistler's like, well, you got a 50-50 shot. We'll check in the morning. Meanwhile... The Vampire Council is talking about Blade, and now he's an, he's a problem for them. He keeps fucking up their clubs and ruining lucrative deals and all that. But really, Blade's not even making a dent. That's the thing about this franchise that really bothers me: is in every movie you get to see a wider piece of the vampire culture. Yeah, and you really see that Blade's not doing the fucking thing. He's taking off, you know. He's he's stomping the occasional ant. But the anthill is constantly growing. He's not really making a difference. Hmm. But he's so determined in his crusade that he doesn't even see it. He's blinded by hate and vengeance. I love that. He's a very flawed hero.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't even know if you could call me hero.
0: Yeah, at that point. I mean, I, I can see... He is saving people. Like He didn't kill white guy. He, he tried to save Karen. He does want to help people. He just wants to kill vampires more. Yeah. That's the priority. Helping people secondary.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's kind of hard to compare to... Because, because of the vampire aspect. And he's wanting to, like you said, he's seeking out vampires and trying to kill them more than, more than anything.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, whereas most, most superheroes are... Their intent is to save the world and save humankind. Save you and I. People like you and I. It's it's just it's just different it's that's that's why Blade's so fucking cool. Just because it's different. Because vampires are involved, because the, the underworld is involved. I I just I can't wait to see him in the modern Marvel. Like I can't wait to see Ali with
0: Like he's gonna clash.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be fascinating to see how he operates.
0: I bet he's gonna be I, I bet him and Doctor Strange are gonna have issues. Yeah. Because I Somehow vampires are going to get involved in the Marvel universe. Of course. And Blade's going to be the you know part of that. But I'm wondering, like, how is this going to fit in with the rest of the MCU as we know it?
1: That's, yeah. And that, that because we've never seen it before.
0: This is going to be... That's what's exciting. Yeah.
1: There's so many things we have seen that happen. Like, there might be sequences that are similar, or characters. Like, obviously, we've seen Iron Man over and over in Captain America. But this is, like, totally new territory.
0: Well, I like that...
1: With an awesome actor. Yeah. What
0: we've seen so far, Iron Man 2, Endgame, is very much a cosmic universe. It's, you know, yeah. Thanos was an alien villain. We saw time travel. We saw all sorts of stuff. This time, with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and Blade and Black Panther 2 rumored to have a connection to Atlantis, I think we are very much going to be seeing the mystical side of Marvel like we've never seen before. Oh, and it's going to be so exciting, the possibilities of things we're going to get. I know, like, I'm confident that we're going to get to see their version of the devil, Mephisto has got to be coming soon. I've heard Christian Bale might be playing him in Thor: Love and Thunder. So, any I, I know we've been saying it for years, anything could happen with Marvel. But right now, it really does seem like sky's the limit. <laughs> what could happen? Yeah, it's going to be unbelievable.
1: And it's amazing how I like I don't know I don't know anything. They don't they don't nothing's leaked. Nothing you know it's.
0: And it's pure fan service to give us Blade as part of this. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> Alright, so back to the back to the plot. We meet Dragonetti, who's the leader of this vampire council, and they bring in Deacon Frost to explain himself. And Frost is a he's an arrogant prick. He's not a pureblood. He was bitten, but he wants so badly to be a pureblood, he hates every single one of them because they flaunt it in his face. He thinks that vampire is a vampire. It doesn't matter if you were born one or if you become one. You are on top of the food chain regardless. And he thinks that the vampire should be ruling the world, not making treaties with humans and living underground. They should be on top. And he's trying to make this happen. And the council is very anti-Frost. They think he's a problem. They think he's arrogant that he's going to fuck something up. He's going to bring too much attention to them. And Frost could give a shit what they think. He makes it very clear he doesn't care. And he has particular issues with Dragon Eddie, who constantly calls him, you know, you're not a pure villain. Like, that. he's always, in his face about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And Frost says, you know, one day you might wake up and find yourself extinct.
1: Oh, God. What a line.
0: <laughs> what a line. Yeah, Steven Dorff really kills it as Deacon Frost. He does, he does. Best it's- villain of the franchise, hands down.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, this, the first blade is just, it's the, it's the shit. It is the shit. It's the shit. It's got all of the best stuff. Like you said, Karen is the best. Yeah, Dorf is the best as, as a Frost, and it's an awesome movie. Everything's that.
0: There's elements I love from Blade 2 II and 3. Same, this same. This one is on a whole other level.
1: hmm hmm <laughs>
0: So the next morning, Karen wakes up, sees Whistler injecting Blade with something. It's his serum that he uses to suppress the vampire gene. And earlier, we see Blade go get some of that serum from some dude we never see again. Yeah. I was wondering, who is this guy? Well, who knows? I like that Blade gives him, like, a bag of watches. (laughs) That's how he pays for his serum. He steals vampires' watches. (laughs) (laughs) It makes sense. I mean, you know, waste not, whatnot. not. (laughs) So Whistler sees Karen. She tries to run. Whistler intercepts her and says, you know, hey, we got, we got some talking to do. I got, you know, we got to tell you some stuff. A Blade just drops down from the ceiling like a fucking ninja. Doesn't even make a noise. He's holding this, like, weird, like, uh, flying guillotine thing. I don't know what it is. Reminds me of, like, an old Shaw Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> so Whistler tells Karen about vampires. Says, you know, she was attacked by one. They've tried to suppress it. And that... Vampires are allergic to silver and garlic. Crosses don't do anything. Holy water doesn't do anything. They're very vulnerable to sunlight. Whistler gives Blade a new giant UV flashlight and says, let's try this out. And Whistler gives Karen some vampire mace, which is made of silver nitrate and garlic. So if she comes into contact with any vampires, she can take care of herself. And now that they know she's out there, they're going to come for her because she knows the secret. So Blade drops Karen off at her apartment and says, you know, get out of town, take care of yourself, you know, stay alert. And she's like, but it's daytime. Why should I stay alert now? She goes to her apartment. She sees some guy with a glyph tattoo on the back of his neck. The guy is acting very suspicious, which is funny because he's not involved in this at all. But he just goes like, how are you doing? Like very angrily. It was freaky.
1: Do you think that's placed there to like distract you? Oh, or? Very much so. Yeah. Because
0: yeah. he is clearly involved with the vampires. He's just not there for her. Yeah. But yeah. He's got the glyph.
1: How you know. doing?
0: They're not very secretive about all this mm, stuff. No. I mean put the glyph somewhere, you know, like put it behind the balls. That's where I would do it. that's where I would put it. No one's gonna look there very often.
1: <laughs> very often. Very
0: often. If you're looking down there, you're already vulnerable and exposed. You're fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. But usually <laughs> I think most people in their day-to-day don't have people inspecting that area. No. Cough, cough. I would be a good vampire leader because I would know how to handle these situations. Yeah. You can make the right call. Yeah. (laughs) So, Karen gets, uh, she meets Officer Krieger who breaks into her apartment and says like, oh yeah, your, your morgue technician friend, he's dead, but I wouldn't worry about that. And she's like, why not? He's like, He's, you're dead too, you bitch, and pulls out his gun. He just had to have that one-liner. He would have had her if he hadn't said that. You're dead too, motherfucker. And she, she sprays him with a vampire maze, and he's like, fuck! <laughs> he doesn't react, he's just pissed about it. He's like, like what's this, garlic? She's like, yeah, it's, Blade said it would work against vampires. And she, He's like, what? Who said I was a vampire? And in that moment, Blade is right behind him. Yes. He comes out of nowhere. And he explains that Krieger is a familiar, which is a human that works for the vampires. They take care of the vampires' business during the day in exchange for the hope that one day they might get turned. It's really weird. It's like it reminds me of a bug's life of the the ants working for the grasshoppers. Like you're not getting anything out of this deal. They're they own you. So yeah. like but it's it's a world where it's it's really is kill or be killed. It's human versus vampire. So why do you? Why are you doing this? Why are they doing this? The whole point of the familiar really escapes me. Like just be a vampire or don't. Yeah. Like why? Feel like you get nothing as a familiar. You're just a slave. Nothing but everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Blade hates familiars. He beats the shit out of Krieger for no reason at all. It's. You can tell that you can feel the fury in Blade's voice when he's talking about the Familiars, the vampire it's, wannabes. He's like fucking, fucking sons of bitches, fucking pussies. It's <laughs> awesome. He hates them. He hates them more than vampires. They're like yeah, just snitches. <laughs> fucking, they're fucking blood traders. That's who they are.
1: They're like Billy Hoyle from a uh, White Man Can't Jump. Yeah, it's just not. Yeah, have you ever seen White Man Can't Jump? I have not. Yeah, Sidney Dean is like one of the
0: coolest characters. You would love that movie. I'm sure I would. I love Wesley Snipes and I love Woody Harrelson, so... Yeah! No, yeah, fucking A, man. <laughs> Me too. So Blade looks on the back of Krieger's neck, sees the glyph that's on the back of his neck belongs to Deacon Frost. He's Frost Aaron Boy. So, Blade takes Krieger down to the Krieger's car, opens the trunk, and there's a big old case of blood fresh from the blood bank. He's making deliveries. Nice. And he t- tells Krieger, like, where's this going? And Krieger's like, I can't tell you. <laughs> Blade hits, like, hips knocks his head down into the car, and Karen's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, You're assaulting the cop in broad daylight here. You might want to tone it down. And Blade says, "Like, I'm going to ask you again. And Krieger says, go fuck yourself. And Blade's like, fuck me. No, you fuck this. And like, he's going to shoot him. It's my f- <laughs> I love that. <laughs> One of my favorite parts. Karen stops him and Krieger takes off running. And Blade's pissed about this. He has to explain to Karen, like, look. You don't know how the world really works. This is the way the world works, and you got to learn to pull the trigger. It's a great little speech.
1: Well, I, yeah, I mean, it's it's fucking blade. If there's anybody who is, can speak upon what it's like, to, what it's like to go through life, you know, tough times in walking life, walking in both and, worlds. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Try try being in his shoes. Yeah, like, he know he knows what the stakes are.
0: Yeah, because he's. I mean, he's never known anything else. Yeah. There is no other world. Like, you know, her way of life do- has never existed.
1: No, yeah, we don't just see, we don't see Blade just sitting down, like, at Madison Square Garden, like, watching a Nick game, you know?
0: There's there's a line in Blade 3 where uh, Ryan Reynolds is talking to Blade, and he says, like, you know, have you ever thought about, like, once we take care of all the vampires, what next? Because I don't see you teaching karate at the local Y. <laughs> Ugh. He's
1: always been And Deadpool. there's Deadpool. Yeah. Yep, he's yeah. always
0: been Deadpool. <laughs> We're going to save Blade 2 and Blade Trinity for future episodes. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot to unpack there for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Blade and Karen wait in Blade's car for Krieger to come back because he's a fucking idiot. And Krieger does, and he drives the car to the delivery point. And they get out of the car, and they follow him into this weird underground club with, like, Asian businessmen watching these two Asian schoolgirls perform a song. Yeah. It's my uncle's favorite part of the movie because it's so weird. And I mean, that's, yeah, he's not wrong. makes perfect sense. Like, yeah, of course, they're, they're vampires, so why wouldn't they be creeps in every other possible way? <laughs> and Krieger, like, sees Blade and is like, fuck, and starts shit shuffling. He doesn't even run. He shuffles to the, to the back. Blade gets into the kitchen and starts fucking Krieger up again and says, like, where's the entrance to the real club? And Krieger's like, all right, fine. It's in the freezer. Blade doesn't believe him, so he keeps fucking him up. And he's like, I told you it was in the fridge. Stop. Blade opens the door and there's a secret passage in the fridge. Yeah. He goes down there and sees Pearl, this really giant, fat, gross vampire record keeper. That's so, so many questions there. What happened? What yeah. happened here? Repulsive. It's, ugh. it's like a completely different monster. It's like a troll or something. And it's... I'm not even going to call it he or she. It is talking to Frost on a computer. And Frost sees Blade and is like, Well, you found me. <laughs> so, uh, what next? And Blade's like, I'm going to get you. Like, this ain't over. And Frost is like, Well, see ya. And Pearl's like, Hey, save me. And Frost is like, No. <laughs> You Fuck lost. you, yeah. <laughs> Have the good grace to die with some fucking dignity. Ugh. So, Blade interrogates Pearl, says, you know, what's going on here? What's in this disc that Frost was working on? And Pearl doesn't say anything. You know, she... she it lies. So Karen burns it with the UV light. And Pearl confesses that it's a simulation of a vampire prophecy involving a ritual... And the coming of the blood god Lamagra. Ooh, <laughs> shit got interesting. Oh, no. and uh, Blade starts using plastic explosive, putting it on this other door, and Karen burns the fuck out of Pearl with the, mm-hmm. with the light. She really hates vampires now. You can, I love it. I don't think they even kill it. I think no. they just really, really fucking hurt it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Blade steals the hard drive that blows up the door and sees. Hundreds of pages of the vampire Bible. It's the vampire archives. The book of Erebus. I love this. The little details that establish this as like a culture, as a centuries old culture that like
1: established,
0: evolved alongside humanity. Mm -hmm. They have a Bible, they have a God. (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) And they suddenly get ambushed. I love that Blade gets thrown off his game by like the teenager who like is running through the archives and he comes up to her and he's like take my hand and then quinn shows up and she starts kicking his ass yeah like really impressive karate there this constant footwork and then he like grabs her and bitch slaps her (laughs) to the ground (laughs) so quinn gets blade alive strings him up on a pillar and starts punching him he's like you know i got a new hand i'm gonna fuck you up with it and he takes out a stake from Blade's pack and stabs Blade in the shoulder. Says, you know, I owe you one. He's like, well, if you want to get technical, I owe you two. And he's going to stab him again. And Blade starts laughing. And he, the camera zooms in on a radio in his ear. And then the wall explodes and it's Whistler with like a machine gun. And he just goes, catch you fuckers at a bad time. Yeah. Great line. That's my favorite part, yeah. Starts shooting Fair, them all very little bit, yeah. <laughs> Completely disregarding this Centuries-old vampire Bible. I love it. They could Mm -hmm. give a shit. (laughs) So great. So, Blade escapes with Karen, punches that one woman. (laughs) I don't know why, but that always (laughs) made me laugh. It's just like, one punch, she's down. Blade, Karen, and Whistler escape through the uh, subway system. They start inching their way, and there's an explosion because Whistler threw a bunch of bombs in there. And Whistler gets like, Knocked off the platform. That always made me... Like, I was maybe kind of give a double take. Like, what the hell happened to Whistler in that scene? He gets, like, hurled off the platform, but he, you see him kind of get away later. But it looks like he died. <laughs> like, how did he survive that? And Blade's not in the least bit concerned. Oh,
1: no. He can take care of himself. So, yeah, I'll be fine.
0: <laughs> Whatever. He's all right. At the moment. <laughs> and, uh... I love how Blade escapes. He waits for the train to pass, and he fucking grabs the end of the car and swings himself into the into the train car.
1: Like he's legless or something,
0: yeah. It's great. Is he brilliant? And he dislocates his shoulder. Karen pops it into place for him, and he takes his serum, and Karen's like, are you a vampire? And Blade's like, no, I'm something else. And that's when you learn about the, what Blade is. Yeah. He's the daywalker. He was... Transformed as a child. He has all their strengths, and under their weaknesses, but he's constantly plagued by the thirst. Yes. And he uses this serum to suppress it because he hates himself. He really does hate what he is. Sad. So, Krieger goes to talk to Frost about Blade getting away, and they're actually watching the Mortal Kombat movie in this scene, which is funny, at a party. Mortal Kombat! Oh, that movie's so fucking dated, but it's awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I hope in the new one they're making they use that song. I I want to hear that. They song. have to. I hope they do. Have to. I don't want them to leave that.
1: Dun, 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 dun.
0: <laughs> uh, so Frost is pissed at Krieger and he he bites him. Yeah. But I don't even think he turned him. I think he just the rules on turning are very diff, like, are very kind of muddled in this movie because some people get turned, some people just die when you get bit. So I'm wondering, like, is there a procedure? I don't know. I guess not because Blade's mom comes back Karen cures herself but yeah. Krieger never comes back as a vampire. No, he doesn't. Maybe maybe Frost was just so pissed at him that the second he turned he like he staked him. <laughs> I can see that Garlic! Like- yeah. <laughs> and it's weird like Frost and his girlfriend are like licking each other's like bloody tongues. It's really Freaky.
1: Spooky movie.
0: Yeah, it's unsettling. Spooky images, yeah. Mm-hmm. Freaky. Get
1: real fricky, Natty.
0: <laughs> Nobody <laughs> makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody. <laughs> it's like an ongoing theme here, just random fucking movie quotes. Why not? <laughs> I read that <laughs> in a book. <laughs> the hippies finally got something right. Just kidding, but not really. <laughs> Fucking love dodgeball. <laughs> so Whistler also explains to to Karen why he's involved in this, and he says he had a family once, and a drifter came calling. It was a vampire who killed his whole family, and he's you can hear the remorse in his voice. He says, "We kill as many of them as we can find." It's like he knows they're fighting a losing battle, but it's it's the principle. Like they will not bow to this world. They're gonna fight back as long as they can. Yeah. And I love that. It's incredibly motivating. Like fuck the status quo. Live your life on your terms. Hell yeah. Motivating. <laughs> that might not be the right message to grab from this movie, but I don't fucking care. <laughs> I'll take what I want. So Whistler is—he's been—you know—he's developed the serum, but it's not working anymore. The his body's starting to reject the serum. And. <laughs> Oh, come on. (laughs) Fucking hell. The garage door. That was a rough one. That was... It went like... "Eh, She's "Eh, holding "Eh." it down now. Oh, my God. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We also learn Whistler is dying of cancer. Yes. And he's refusing treatment because he wants to help fight this battle. Sad. We also see that Karen's cure didn't work.
1: Yeah, but like... You do the same thing. I do the same thing. Like if you were, if you were in a position where you're like, I'm gonna like keep fighting for this cause because it's good, even though I'm like dying in a way. You do the same thing, right? I think, I, I think so. Where you're in a world where it's like, what else am I gonna do? You know.
0: Well, knowing that there is a cure all, I'd, I'd let myself get bit, and I'd use that power to fight the Because hmm. ah, where does it say? That because, okay, yeah, that's, yeah, this is an interesting... Right, yeah. Where does it say that getting bit by a vampire automatically turns you evil? That never comes up. I mean, it makes you a vampire, and yeah. you want to eat people, you want to drink blood, but who says you have to? Who says yeah, you need it's out to of survive
1: It's out of survival rather yeah. than, yeah.
0: I mean, all the vampires we see are evil, but then we look at Blade 2, where we've got vampires who aren't evil, they're just surviving. So it is possible to live as a vampire and not be a son of a bitch.
1: Well, yeah, you could be on Blade's team, yeah. You could.
0: He would never let you. But no, no. He would kill you immediately. But, you know, you could try. <laughs> hey, bud. <laughs> I don't know. In my own my own stories, I've, I've written three vampire novels, and I have this group of people called The Unwilling, yeah. who are vampires who refuse to drink human blood. And I've got to believe there's a group of those people in this universe. There's got to be. For sure. I mean, you could, you know... I don't know my Blade doesn't like just drink like cow's blood. I mean, wouldn't that work as opposed to a serum? I don't know. I don't know. Me, sure. We don't know all the pieces of this universe. I'm just you know speculating.
1: It's just a fun place to go. Yeah,
0: extremely. Yeah, like I said, you know, there's so many little details about this universe that raise so many implications. Great. <laughs> so, Karen's cure didn't work. So she, or Whistler's cure didn't work. So Karen's going to try to cure herself using gene therapy. She steals some items from the hospital, starts creating a cure for him, for herself, and possibly for Blade. And she uses an anticoagulant called EDTA, and it shows that it has a violent reaction to vampire blood. It explodes. And the way she shows Blade to this, it, like the way she shows Blade this, is really kind of fucked up. Is she's like. You know, take a step back and look at the micro- microscope. And the fucking microscope explodes. Like, you really could have fucked him up. Whistler's laughing. But she says, you know, you could use this as a weapon. Which was smart, because that's the shit that saves the world. <laughs> Meanwhile, Quinn is getting berated, because he failed again. Blade cut his arm off again. Like, shoved his face into a train. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> so, Frost is telling... Quinn, like, look, we need Blade alive. And Quinn's like, are you fucking kidding me? We've been trying to kill this guy for years. Now you want him alive. But Frost is like, trust me. I know what I'm doing. We need Blade alive. Afterward, we see Frost and Quinn abduct Dragon Eddie and drag him into the onto the beach at dawn. Or it's about to be dawn. He starts smoking. I love that. You can see the... Smoke coming off his body. Quinn and uh, Frost are wearing like protective gear and bike helmets. And Frost tells Dragon Eddie, the world's about to change. I'm about to change our world and you're part of the problem. You're part of the outdated world and it's time for a regime change. And he, he does the most emasculating thing I imagine you can do to a vampire and he rips his fangs out. That's Grizzly. Ugh, fuck. Oof, just grabs, like, takes a pair of pliers, yanks him out. He's screaming. The dentist. Oof. And they just watch as Dragon Eddie is viciously destroyed by the sun. Yeah. Like, brutal, brutal death scene. Ma- like, makeup effects. Like, the sun attacks. Yeah. yeah. Like, oof. And he explodes. Frost goes back to the Vampire Council and throws Dragonetti's fangs at them and says, like, you know, who's in charge now, bitches? And says he needs 12 volunteers. <laughs> <laughs> so, back to Whistler and Blade and Karen. Karen is sure that her new formula will work as a cure, but isn't sure it'll work on Blade because he was born with it, so she's not sure if this will work. And that's when the stronghold gets attacked. Blades out by a new serum shit. And Frost somehow found Blades' hideout. And I love that Whistler immediately grabs a shotgun out of the light. (laughs) Talk about being prepared. Damn. That was impressive. Just like, get out. (laughs) And this is so sad because Frost just beats the shit out of Whistler. Oh, yeah. Like just kicks him in the face. Brutality, yeah. The hatred is so strong here. They kidnap Karen. They bite Whistler horribly just to rip him apart. Blade finds him covered in a bloody sheet. He's still alive. And he tells Blade what happened. They took took Karen. They bit him. Frost is trying to trigger a vampire apocalypse using this Lamagra legend. And Blade's blood is the key. The blood of the Daywalker will bring about this vampire apocalypse. And Whistler sells Blade like you cannot go after him. And Blade's like, bullshit. It has never been more personal for him. Oh, so sad. A little undermined by the fact that Whistler comes back in part two. But whatever. Yeah. Still pretty. I feel like they couldn't, they didn't go as far as they could have with this. I would have had Whistler be the bad guy of part two. Ooh. Like he became like a vampire. He replaced Frost as like the head of the vampires.
1: That'd be perfect. That's what
0: I would have done. But you know, I would have
1: done a lot. We're not, yeah, we're not in charge, you know, so. (laughs) The Blade, the Blade franchise
0: would look a lot different. I I love it, but. I do love it. Uh, Blade is kind of emotionless, but I think that's because he's so detached from humanity anyway. It's still there. Whistler tells him, you know, you got to finish me off. And he tells me, you know, tells Blade to give him the gun. Mm, So sad, because they're both trying very hard not to say, like, you know, I love you, man. Yeah. Because they want to be macho and masculine. Come on, let's just get this this over with. Tells him to walk away, you stupid son of a bitch. Blade walks away as Whistler shoots himself with the gun. Don't want to see that. So Blade starts Assembling his gears. He's going to go fuck up Frost compound and take care of shit. He puts the EDTA formula to use, melts some new silver bullets, makes himself ready to go. Storms Frost place, fights these two vampires in a hallway, injects them with the EDTA. Jesus Christ. Yikes. <laughs> that scene gave my cousin nightmares when he was a kid. Really? Yeah. Yeah. well, yeah, I believe it. It's brutal. They explode. I believe it. Painfully. Like, Jesus Christ. They look in pure agony. Mm. <laughs> Blade kills a whole bunch of familiars. I yes, love that. All the yes. guards are familiars. He hates those. Mm-hmm. And Blade reaches the final room where he sees Frost's laptop with the Lamagra shit. And a woman is there. And it's his mother. <laughs> his mother was turned when she was bit. And Frost kept her around. Because Frost is the one who bit his mom. Exactly. Oh. Ugh. <laughs> Frost is so, you know, matter-of-factly about it. Like, here we are, one big happy fucking family. Such a piece of shit, man. <sighs> right? they, they capture Blade, they put him in this, like, weird coffin thing that, like, slices his wrists. Yeah. And has him bleeding into a reservoir. F- fucking hate that. Ugh. But first they're gonna, they're gonna get rid of, uh... <clears throat> They're going to get rid of Karen. And <laughs> this is the part we were talking about. They throw Karen into a pit where we see Curtis, who is a fucking zombie. Yes. And Quinn just chugs it off by saying, like, well, it happens. <laughs> what? <laughs> One in every five or something? Just yeah. Just becomes a fucking zombie? Yeah, okay. All right. Ugh. He says they'll even eat vampires. Like, Jesus Christ. They'll do anything. But the weirdest thing about Va- Zombie Curtis is—he's got like a British accent. How did that happen?
1: Look, movie takes some liberties as it gets uh to gets later on, I
0: guess. And Karen fucks him up. <laughs> like, I'm sure it was very much like you know, you son of a bitch, you were a terrible boyfriend. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sure all that was coming out. <laughs> Just takes a bone and beats the fuck out of him, and then starts climbing her way up the pit to go save Blade. Karen's awesome I love Karen great strong female character seriously yes (laughs) so Blade is put in the in the thing and the twelve vampire council purebloods are put around this temple this altar and uh, before we get to that I love the scene where Blade is on his knees and Frost is gonna like he pulls out the EDTA and he's like oh you want a drink it's your serum like you feel thirsty and Blade's like why don't you try it (laughs) You might like it. (laughs) it. So, Grain, Frost just throws him down into the altar. He seals Blade's sword and he tells Quinn to hold out his arm. And Quinn's like, what? Please please don't do it. And Frost's like, just kidding. I love (laughs) you. Just (laughs) Just kidding. He was fucking with me. His whole persona is so hilarious. (laughs) God, I love it. So, Blade is drained, basically, Mm -hmm. of his blood. It all starts, like, converging on the ceiling. Frost stands in the middle of this altar, where all the twelve purebloods are standing around him. And Karen gets up there, gets Blade out of the out of the coffin thing, who's now incredibly weak. And he, uh, she tells him to drink her. <sighs> Balsy, Blade's like, no, I won't do that. And Karen's like, you don't have a choice. They're gonna, they're gonna win. You need to do this. And he starts drinking her. And it's very, like, the juxtaposition between Blade and Frost, what's happening here, it's very well-filmed. It's very sexual. Yeah. Like, both of them seem orgasmic in their climax. Like, him, you know, getting to full strength, like, Blade getting to full strength and Frost having Blade's blood fall on his forehead, they both have the same reaction of, like, fuck yes. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. It really
1: is fast, the noises and... How intense it is. Like you said, it's like an actual climax. It's weird. It's crazy.
0: This movie does a great job showing the sexual side of vampirism. Yeah. Very true. And Blade is now at full strength and he's ready to fuck shit up. But first his mom shows up and he has to fight his mom, who's oddly sexual towards him. Really weird. And uh, Blade ends up stabbing his mom in the heart, saying, I must release you. Very sad. But at least he got that closure. Yes. Yes. So Blade jumps down off the altar and is just ready to fucking go. (laughs) It's awesome. Quinn runs at him like, I got two new hands, Blade, and I don't know which one to kill you with. And Blade just takes out this razor wire and cuts his head off immediately. (laughs) Bitch. (laughs) Trapping his sunglasses in the process. Then he fucks up all of uh, Frost guards. But before that, we see all these weird, like lightning strikes the altar and all these weird skeleton souls come out of the purebloods. And fly into Frost, turning him into Lamagra. Awesome, incredible. He's the blood god now. Oof. Mm. So while Blades fucking up the guards, Karen has the stake gun and she starts fighting a Frost girlfriend. <laughs> Sprays her in the mouth with the vampire mace, and her head explodes. Awesome, perfect. Ugh. <laughs> so with all the guards dead. Blade and Frost engage in an epic sword fight. Blade cuts off Frost's arm and cuts him in half, but then he like his blood joins and he like he heals back together. I love Blade turns around and just mouths, "What the fuck?" <laughs> this is new territory for Blade. <laughs> he regenerates. It's awesome. They start fighting and Bl- Frost is clearly, you know, he's a god now. He's he's the blood god. He's powerful and he's 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 winning. He's beating the shit out of Blade. Blade sees the EDTA up on the on the wall and throws his sword at it and gets the EDTA. I love that. He, like, catches it like a ninja. He doesn't have to catch it like no, that. No, no, but... This is... Style. Oh, yeah. Style it. points. And he throws... That's what Blade's all about. Yeah. He throws this, the needles at Frost, and Frost just shrugs it off until he gets, like, six of them, and he's like, oh, he starts freezing <laughs> up. <laughs> Blade's got one more in his hand, and he says, my favorite line in the fucking movie, some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. And then he throws the needle in the air, spins around, and kicks it right between Frost's fucking eyes. Ah! Every single time, I cheer to the fucking screen. It's amazing. (laughs) Frost blows up like a balloon and explodes. Blade one. Him and Karen escape. And Karen says, you know, what do we do now? And Blade's like, the war's still going. It never stops. If you want to help, build me a better serum. We flash forward to Moscow, where Blade is hunting vampires in Russia. Yes. And he helps, he saves a young woman. I love that. This is like, catch you at a bad time, comrade, in Russian. And then just takes his sword out. Credits. Yeah. Fucking, ah! Beautiful. Great fucking movie, man. (laughs) That was fun. (laughs) Fantastic. Going through that was fun. Blade, 1998, <laughs> yeah. classic. Ugh. Here's some filmgasm facts for you. Number one, David S. Goyer explained in the DVD commentary that when Karen Jensen wakes up at Blade's hideout after her attack and rescue by Blade, the script had her discover a jar with a vampire baby in it. The baby would be alive and used by Blade and Whistler as a guinea pig for testing out weapons to fight vampires. The studio, however, found the concept to be disturbing and refused to allow it. Smart move. I think that would have made them a little bit less heroic. (laughs) Number two, Chris Christopherson's character, Whistler, was created for Blade's cameo on Spider-Man the Animated Series in 1994. He was liked so much by Marvel's CEO that he was adopted into the Marvel Universe. Nice. Fuck yeah. So Whistler started on the Spider-Man cartoon and ended up in the comics lore. There you go. That doesn't happen very often. It happens a lot with DC, like Harley Quinn and John Diggle. But Marvel, rarely, but way to go. Number three, Jet Lee was offered the part of Deacon Frost, but opted to do Lethal Weapon 4 instead. Whoa. I wonder what that would have been like. Jet Lee? Li? That would have been interesting.
1: Different movie. Whew,
0: completely different movie. Number four, the original ending had Frost becoming LaMagra and unleashing the blood tide, which washes over the city and turns everyone it touches into vampires. The film ended with the vampires winning, having caused the vampire apocalypse. It was set up in a proposed sequel. Blade and Karen would travel around, hitting and destroying vampire food storage areas. The filmmakers didn't know if there would be a sequel, so it was changed. Good. That would have been fucking downer. If the blood, like, Lamagra, just turns everybody into a vampire. Which again, how does that, how did the vampires win with that I mean they were wiping out their food source yeah like I don't know that just doesn't sound like it would work not a very sound plan number five the success of this film especially since it followed the derided Batman and Robin is often considered the beginning of the rise of the superhero genre to become a dominant one in mainstream film fuck yeah hell yes in 2002 Blade 2 was released with Wesley Snipes and Chris Christopherson returning the film was directed by Guillermo del Toro and features Blade leading a pack of vampire assassins against a new strain of vampires called Reapers that feed on other vampires. Some of the new cast includes Norman Reedus, Ron Perlman, Carl Roden, Thomas Kretschmann, and Luke Goss as the main villain, Reaper Patient X, Jared Nomak. IMDb score of 6.7, Rotten Tomatoes score of 57%. There was a video game made as well. I've played it. It isn't bad. Very nice. Blade Two fucking lives up. That movie's yes. awesome. Yes, indeed. I love the the blood pack getting to see you know, oh. Ron Perlman oh. try to one up Wesley Snipes. Fuck yeah! I love I love the scene where they go to the nightclub and the pure blood. The guy's like, "Most of these fuckers aren't even pure blood, so Why don't we just fucking kill everyone just to be sure?" <laughs> uh, 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 there's so many great moments. Of Blade Two, and the vampires are fucking creepy. Yes, Guillermo did a great job. He's the best at creature effects. Uh, always. In 2004, Blade Trinity was released, with Wesley Snipes and Chris Christopherson returning once again. David S. Goyer wrote and directed this one himself. This time around, Blade joins a group of vampire-hunting millennials called the Night Stalkers to hunt and kill the legendary Dracula, who has returned. Mm. Newcomers include Ryan Reynolds, Jessica Biel, Patton Oswalt, Parker Posey, Triple H, Natasha Lyon, and Dominic Purcell as Dracula. But they call him Drake. IMDb score of 5.9, Rotten Tomatoes score of 26%. Oh! It was Snipes' ego that brought this one down, as he acted like an entitled dick pretty much the entire time. He would only respond to the name Blade. He wouldn't respond to the director, ever. He would often refuse to come out of his trailer, and he would communicate. And when he would communicate, he would, you'd, he would only use post-it notes. <laughs> this means a lot of scenes of Blade in the movie are actually his stand-in, and Ryan Reynolds riffs a lot because he's trying to save the scene. That's sad.
1: Very sad. Yeah. Should probably be lower than a 5.9 and
0: 26%. I kind of like it
1: though. If, if, if the, uh, hearing all that is kind of sad. Yeah. The
0: fact that they even made a finished product out of all that it's shit. Pretty it's pretty incredible yeah. actually. Yeah. And it's not bad. I mean, it's, it's better than a lot of the vampire movies I've seen. I'd watch that over 30, days, 30 days of night. Yeah. Frankly. Yeah. There was a TV series made for the WB in 2006 titled simply blade. The series. Rapper Sticky Fingers of the rap group Onyx was cast as Blade. The show only lasted 12 episodes and was promptly canceled because no one gave a shit. Because it wasn't Wesley Snipes and it was tame. It was TV, you know, it was rated TV 14. Nobody wants that for Blade. Ugh. There's currently a Blade reboot in development at Marvel Studios now that they've gotten the rights to the character back. Blade will be portrayed by two-time Oscar winner Mahershala Ali and Blade will eventually join the Avengers in the MCU. No word yet on whether the film will be rated R, but Kevin Feige has confirmed it will be the start of Marvel's Phase 5. So it will be a long time before we get to see Ali step into the shoes of Marvel's vampire-killing badass. Probably like 2023, maybe. Probably. Yeah. It's going to be a while. Mm-hmm. I give Blade a solid 9. It's easily my second favorite vampire movie, and a true horror gem and a badass action flick. It showed the world that Marvel properties can make good movies and the comic book movies can be hardcore.
1: Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, it gets an 8 for me. Very, very solid. Awesome, awesome moments. Uh, again, want to point out that intro is super strong. One of the best in the horror game, the yeah. horror genre. Uh, yeah, definitely go check out, go back and check this one out. You know, it's, it's been over 20 years. It's crazy. Blade's a you know?
0: fucking masterpiece. Yeah. What are we doing for Friday's bonus?
1: Friday's bonus, obviously, um, Wesley Snipes is the man here, so we're gonna we're gonna stick with him and go with my personal favorite of all of his uh, '90s gems, and that would be 1991's "New Jack City."
0: New Jack City.
1: Nino Brown. Fuck yeah! Can't wait to talk about it. That'll be released on Friday, and <laughs> uh, maybe we'll have some free on Sunday. But yeah, that's that's what we got in the works for the weekend. Yeah. Hell
0: yeah! That was. This is my first time seeing new Jack city and it was a hell of a fun watch.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. It's a great movie. Can't, can't wait to talk about it.
0: Oh, for sure. So without further ado, let's see what happened this week in film. Let's do it. The trailer for fast and furious nine was released. Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, Jordana Brewster, Tyrese Gibson, Ludacris, Sung Kang, Natalie, Emmanuel, Charlize Theron, and Helen Mirren are all returning. Newcomers include Michael Rooker, Cardi B, and John Cena will be playing the film's villain, Jacob Toretto, Dom's evil brother. It's set for release on May 22nd. I'm going I'm to see it. Yeah. It looks fucking terrible, but I'm going to see it. These are all so ridiculous, and it's barely a car chase movie anymore. It's, it's a heist genre now. It's a heist thriller. But I want to see, you know, I like John Cena. Me too. You can't see me. <laughs> and if, and Han's alive now. That's out of nowhere. Because Jason Statham's a good guy now, and they can't have that death on his conscience. <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that this movie's not going to be as successful as they've been in the past because Dwayne Johnson's not in it. So we'll see. But I mean, if <laughs> the trailer's anything to go by, the stunts are going to be just as fucking crazy, and it's going to be fun. Nobody's going into these movies expecting, you know, best picture winner to 2020. That's not yeah. happening. Next up, Paul Rubens has expressed interest in doing a dark, gritty Pee-Wee Herman movie. And of all people, the Safty brothers are interested in directing. Why? Don't know. Paul Rubens, I get that he wants to have a career, but he's got to let Pee-Wee die. It's weird. It's always been weird. It's even weirder now that he's in his, like, 60s. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> Not for me. I never liked Pee-Wee Herman. It's weird and unsettling. No, I think it makes no sense. It's stupid. But I'll watch it if the safties are gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Same. If there's gonna, it's gonna be different and interesting. They'll have some sort of take. Yeah, but I just don't. I don't know. I see it falling through.
0: Yeah, I can see that. It's like Tarantino Star Trek movie. Sounds good on paper, but is it gonna happen? Probably not. Yeah. Next up, Taron Egerton and Scarlett Johansson are rumored to be in talks to star in the upcoming Little Shop of Horrors remake. Fuck yeah! Hell yeah! If they're gonna do that, do it right, and I'll take those two for sure. Yeah. I mean, Taron Egerton, he's played it on the on, uh, on stage. He's, he's got experience doing this already. Yeah. And he looks and Scar- like...
1: And ScarJo is a great, yeah, yeah. great performer. You put a pair
0: of glasses on him, you make his hair a little curly, and he looks like Rick Moranis. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I know that. That's very exciting. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Little Shop of Horrors is one of my favorites. Classic. I love that movie to death. Next up, Jodie Foster is directing a movie about the 1911 theft of the Mona Lisa. Which ought to be pretty interesting. I didn't know about that. In 1911, the Mona Lisa was stolen. How about that? And it was recovered, obviously. But cool story nonetheless. Ron Howard is directing a movie about the failed CIA assassination attempt of Fidel Castro during the Cold War. It's currently titled The Fixer. Nice. So I'll be in, yeah, I'll be in for that. Yeah, for sure. And Spike Lee is directing a film adaptation of David Byrne's Broadway play American Utopia. Yeah. So that ought to be very interesting. I know nothing about what that plays about, but I like David Byrne, and I... I I will... I'm interested in Spike Lee. I'm interested in Spike Lee. There we go. I didn't want to say I like him. I don't want to say I don't like him, but yeah, interested, that works. (laughs) Uh, Henry Cherney is set to reprise his role of IMF director Eugene Kittredge in the next two Mission Impossible films. And since all the press I hear about this refer to the next two, I think these two might be like a one or two-parter cliffhanger kind of deal. Because that's what I'm hearing. Like, everybody's talking, everyone who's involved, who's joining these, are joining the next two films. Yes. So I think there's something to that. Next, Disney has announced a planned Hamilton movie starring the original Broadway cast, led by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yes! Let's do it! For everybody who couldn't afford a $2,500 Broadway ticket will finally get to see this goddamn show.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) Yeah, exclusivity in art is the thing that annoys me more than anything in the entire world is when you don't allow people to see, like, your product or your, for, for, like, you know, I understand you want to make money off of it, of course. You know, that's why it's cool to go see a movie for, like, eight bucks, you know, during the day. That's like, oh, this is really cool.
0: Well, I don't think, the, like, I don't think, like, the cast or as director has anything to do with that. No, no, no. It's all I, theaters. Yeah,
1: I know. That's what I'm saying. It's it's art in general. It's, it's, no, it's uh, It's people. We're the ones who buy the fucking
0: tickets. <laughs> not those tickets. Those are the going to the, the high rollers.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I've i like known people who have gone to those, you know? I mean.
0: I've seen some Broadway shows, but not like first run like Hamilton.
1: Oh, no. Well, yeah. those You have to be in line. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. For those. Yeah. You got to be like, you know, you got to be an heiress.
1: Yeah. My, my point is I would never be able to afford a ticket to Hamilton or anything I mean, like it. it yeah. And now I have access to it, and that's great. Yeah, for sure. I, I would be I would be really ashamed if I didn't have access to like, um, like a movie I really wanted to see. You know, if yeah. it was like, oh no, you need to spend this amount of money to to see this movie because it's directed by this guy. That that would suck, you know. But movies are kind of have always been.
0: I would break this. into so many movie theaters.
1: Oh, me too. <laughs> yeah, you and I would be in prison. Yeah. <laughs>
0: for Irony movies.
1: Yeah, for trespassing <laughs> into theaters. Over and over. Yeah. No, yeah, that, That's just something that's always kind of like bothered me. Is like certain things like, no, nah, you can't come see this. You don't make enough money. Nah. You can't enjoy this. That that kind of sucks. I like I like when there's an opportunity to see it. I agree. And yeah, I'm with you. This is great. The that's weed. why,
0: you know, I love these movie adaptations of Broadway shows. Because yeah. I get to see these
1: things. Yeah, yeah. I just wish the Broadway shows and Ticketmaster and all those websites and stuff would fucking have a goddamn heart, you know? I know. That's, that's what I'm basically saying. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: did, I went to New York a couple of years ago and I saw Jersey Boys on Broadway and I saw Chicago. Nice. And when I saw Chicago, I saw the hottest woman I've ever seen in my life in person in that show. I saw and I haven't stopped thinking about her since it's been 2 years.
1: I saw I went I went in 2010. Uh, I was going into my freshman year of high school and I saw Wicked and I saw it was that one with that American Idol guy, Rock of Love or Rock of Ages or I don't, I don't know what it was Rock, called.
0: Rock of Ages, yeah,
1: yeah, because it turned into a movie. Yeah, uh, with Con- Rock Const- of Love is Brett Michaels. That's reality right. That show. show. That show was hilarious. <laughs> uh, Constantine Morales, I think, is his name, or I don't know. He was on American Idol and then was yeah, he's in the movie. I don't know. It it was cool. It was fun, but yeah, I was just like, I, I don't know. I, part of me was like, I don't feel right because these were a certain amount of money and I'm just like, out for what
0: exactly? I don't know. We got discount tickets because they had been out for a while. Yeah. I mean, Jersey boys has been around for decades. Yeah. Chicago too.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, we didn't,
0: yeah. I mean, wicked and whatnot.
1: I, I, I remember that rock of, you know, rock of ages <laughs> that, that was like, had just come out. That was just at that time. And I remember my dad being like, Oh, this is, you know, this is like a nice show guys. Like, and I remember being like very appreciative and like, it was amazing and loud. And, but I was just like, I don't, I don't know, like. What's, Ticket
0: price is insane.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, and you're like, what am I? What am I walking away with here compared to a, a movie? I don't know. It's just, it's just odd in my head. I have a hard time justifying it because I don't have that money. People who are rich
0: doesn't matter. So well, for us, like, <laughs> in addition to buying tickets to a show, we have to buy tickets to New York. We have to go. To yeah, New York yeah, 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 and actually.
1: Yeah, so it's stay in a hotel. Yeah, it's a bitch. We have to like pay for food while we're there because you gotta fucking eat.
0: Yeah, (laughs) it's crazy.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, it's just it's just sad. And I'm not even like for myself because I'm not like dying to see Hamilton. I mean, it would be cool as fuck. I'm dying to see (laughs) him. I know there are people who are like yourself who are like who would love to see plenty of plays live, uh, but just can't. I'm
0: dying to see. I really, really want to see Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. That'd be fun as shit. But I know it's not gonna happen. Yeah, it's a shame. Plus, I heard they're doing Back to the Future, the musical. And I will mortgage my fucking house to go to that.
1: Yeah. yeah. or just yeah. I will sell
0: everything I own to go just that. Just lie. Just just <laughs> lie. Like, yeah, no, I have tickets. Uh, let me in. I'll just Jedi mind trick those sons of bitches. Yeah, later. yeah. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. I have a front row seat. You have a front row seat. <laughs> my God. Yes. <laughs> Finally... Audio was leaked in which Amber Heard confesses to abusing her ex-husband Johnny Depp during divorce proceedings. Heard oh, she pub- w-
1: she got sick of not being in the fucking news and because she
0: sucks and isn't in anything. And yeah. he's like, "All right, we gotta say something." Heard publicly accused Depp of spousal abuse, of which Depp and everyone who knew him denied. Now this new audio discovery proves once and for all that while Johnny Depp may be an idiot for getting involved in this in the first place, he is not a wife beater. She's a bitch who tried tried to take all his money. Yes. We all knew it, but now we can prove it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, cocaine.
0: Literally everybody who knew Johnny Depp said, no, he didn't do that. He wouldn't do that. And yeah, I'm glad now we have proof of that. As fuck Amber Heard. I've always hated her. I'm
1: trying to think if there was a time when I didn't dislike her. Um, No, no. Never back down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Drive angry. <laughs> think, the uh,
1: beginning of Zombieland.
0: Yeah, she's 406, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, well, I my favorite part of that scene was when uh, Columbus beat the fuck out of her with the back of the toilet seat, so. Maybe.
1: I don't want to know if Kyla's gearing up for Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I've already forgotten about her career, so yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I hope this makes her go away for good.
1: Yeah. Anyways, this is the most press Amber Heard's ever gotten in her life.
0: Yeah, ever will get, hopefully. Uh, I mean, after all this, you gotta be a fucking real, real idiot to shack up with her. Yeah. I'm looking at you, Elon Musk. (laughs) Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this look into the Blade franchise. Enjoy New Jack City on Friday and whatever we might have for you on Sunday. Next week is our 50th episode, our 10th Weird Shit Wednesday, and we will be diving into the glowing resume of the late great character actor Philip Seymour Hoffman. We will be using a selection of 20 of what we believe to be his greatest performances to take you through his life and career and try to unravel what made this man the greatest character actor of all time. Don't miss it. Until then, don't go into any vampire nightclubs. And if you do find yourself facing a vampire, remember silver garlic sunlight and according to blade crosses don't do dick